Father, we thank you for today. It's a gift from you. We thank you for Memorial Day weekend, dear Father, and what that means to us. We live in a country, Lord, that is free, free to worship, free to praise. Lord, we are such a blessed people today, and we rest in your favor. We rest in the completed work of Christ Jesus, our Savior. You are our refuge, our hiding place. A mighty fortress is our God. So on this special Sunday morning, Lord, I pray, God, for divine healing and touch upon your people today that have broken hearts. Those that are here today that are mourning the loss of loved ones as we remember our loved ones this weekend. I pray, God, that you touch every heart, that you give divine peace and rest to our hearts, O God. Lord, this is a restless world full of tribulation and trial. But you are the God of all comfort, the God of all peace, the God of all consolation. And you are God our Father, God our Savior. You are God our teacher, guide, comforter, and friend, the Holy Spirit. Visit each one of our hearts today through this simple message for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a seat, please. Well, good morning, New Day Church. It's so good to be with you today. Uh, I appreciate Pastor Aaron inviting me to come and share the word in his absence. As an evangelist, uh, I'm not used to being in a congregation and preaching regular. You know, I'm not haven't been preaching regularly, but you've seen me a couple of times. When I go into a church as an evangelist, I'm not familiar with the congregation lots of times. And so I really have to be prayed up and really be prepared because I don't know what's go- what what the need is in the church. Uh, I remember going into a, ch- a church as a young evangelist, and uh, not that I'm an old evangelist, but I remember going into this church and uh, man, oh man, I I delivered a hard message and I thought they're going to have to have security take me out, walk me out the door, so I don't get attacked, right? But I, I, I try to give the message that uh, God has for his church. And I have to tell you how much I appreciate this church. Y'all have made me feel so welcome. And you have been, you've loved on me. And uh, I appreciate that very much. Thank you all. I was with Bobby Wilson for 30 some years. I was ordained by Bobby Wilson. He was my pastor. And... Uh, I was part of that congregation, and I had a very a vibrant, a very uh, fulfilling ministry at Praise Assembly. And when I married Dawn, that troublemaker, she said, uh, I would like to go back to New Day. She said, you could stay at Praise if you want. And, I, and it was a new marriage. We've been married two years, and uh, that's why I look so happy. You'll get that later. But... Um, I said, I don't want to start our marriage off you going to one church and me going to another. But I decided years ago that I was not going to be a church hopper. I decided that I was going to plant my roots. And whether my pastor was right or wrong all the time or not, I decided I was going to be faithful to my congregation. So I say that to say thank you to you all because it has been good to be with you. You're great people, and uh, God brought me to this church, I've said it before and I'll say it again, to bring healing to me. 
You know, I have a healing ministry. I'm, I'm a psychotherapist, so I help people heal mentally and emotionally, which has a direct effect on their body. What, you'll get my card later? <laughs> I used to do psych liaison in the emergency room. Some of you I remember. No, I'm kidding. But uh, anyway, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's a time to remember. And I was praying and asking the Lord a week ago because I told you before I, I'm starting to grow up and get my message ahead of time rather than when I hit the pulpit. And, uh, and I, I, I decided I, uh, the Lord was leading me to bring a message on a message of, message of encouragement on the life of Paul. So today we're going to remember Paul on this Memorial Day weekend. A true soldier for Christ. One of the greatest men that has ever lived. Certainly one of the greatest men that has ever served in the army of God the Most High. Paul. So we're going to visit Paul this morning. And at the same time, we're going to, we're going to connect Paul's legacy uh, to our legacy. What God has done for Paul, God has done for us as well, right? The same spirit that dwelt within Paul dwells within us as believers. Is that true? All right. All right. So, you know, we all celebrate Memorial Day in different ways. Um, some people like to go to the gravesite and take flowers. Uh, you know, some people like to go to the Memorial Day services that they have at the cemetery. Some people just like to sleep in and they have the day off and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, my wife told me this morning, I'm not doing anything tomorrow. And I, I just scratched my head and, okay. Um, because she's a doer. I know she's going to be busy with something. We just moved into a new home. We had a house built and uh, we're still unpacking. Rory, you can relate to that. But we all do, we all celebrate and we look at Memorial Day in different ways. Memorial Day to a lot of people is a time of reflection. We take a look at the lives of the people that we loved and, and we think about the impact that they had on our lives. You know, I remember my grandfather, the impact that he had on my life, my mother's dad, and he'd come over and he'd fall asleep on the couch watching those old Western movies that he used to love to watch. You know, and you think about the impact that those people have had on our lives. You know, my parents were married 67 years and uh, all they did was argue, not, not facetiously, just argued. Sometimes you'd uh, feel sorry for him, and sometimes you'd feel sorry for her. But they passed 91 days apart, and I, I think about the impact that they had upon my life. My mother believed in me as an artist, as a creative person. You know, I do paintings, and she'd buy me painting supplies, and... And she encouraged me in the artistic side of my life. And my dad encouraged me in the working side. My dad and mom were business owners and, and, you know, they were cattle ranchers and we grew up around livestock and we grew up around livestock auctions and we grew up working, my siblings and I, all five of us, and we've always worked. And so my dad contributed a strong work ethic to me. Um, and so, let me ask, I've got to ask myself this question on this Memorial Day weekend, and I ask you to do the same. 
ask yourself, how do you want to be remembered? What would you like people to say about you when you're gone? How do you want your children and your grandchildren to remember you? That's a sobering thought. What type of legacy are we leaving to those that we love? And how are we impacting our children and our grandchildren? How are we impacting the people around us? I mean, if we had a eulogy about you today, what would they say? He was a wishy-washy kind of guy. He was in and out of the church. You know, he'd get to work late and leave early. Oh, that sounds kind of like me. It's a sobering thought. And um, on this Memorial Day weekend... God, help us to think about our lives and to reflect upon ourselves about what we are contributing to the people around us. Memories, traditions, cultural considerations, customs, heritage, remembering and reflecting. Well, today we're talking about Paul, so if you have your Bible, I would invite you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to look at the life of Paul. We're going to, we're going to visit, we're going to spend some time in, in Corinthians this morning and a few other places. Second Corinthians chapter two, verses 14 through 17. But thanks be to God who always leads us. What was that, Paul? Who always leads us in triumphant procession in Christ. And through us, you mean through me, Paul? Through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God. For we are to God the aroma of Christ. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Now turn a page back to 1 Corinthians 15. And we're going to look at verses 57 to 58. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. So we see here, church, that Paul is telling us that Christ always leads us in triumphant procession. Who is this guy, Paul, to make such a statement? And he uses the word always. Leads us through Christ. 
Paul proclaims over and over again throughout the New Testament that we are a victorious people, a chosen people, highly favored by God. Paul talks about living a victorious life, a victorious Christian life of service to God. So, Saul was his name before he became Paul. Saul was a very religious zealot. He, he was very zealous about the Lord. He was very zealous about the law. He was committed. He was well educated. A Pharisee to the Pharisees. Very religious man. I think about growing up in the Senna home and my mother was very religious. We grew up Catholic. And they would have mass in our house. In the 1960s, uh, there was what took place, what was called Vatican II. And, and it was a revisiting of the Holy Spirit infusing the Catholic Church, in my opinion. And so the charismatic movement came out of that. That's where I found the Lord in a little tiny Catholic church on the lower east side of Pueblo at a charismatic uh, uh, prayer meeting on a Wednesday night. And uh, so, I grew up religious. I grew up religious. I'd go to church with my mom, because she'd make me, my dad. And, uh, you know, we talk about God, but uh, it wasn't until a Wednesday night service, I think it was a Wednesday night service, through an evangelist out of New York City in that little Catholic church, preached a message, and I gave my heart to Jesus. And I'm not a religious person today. I'm a person of relationship and faith. Thank you, Lord. So we, we, we look at the life of Saul. You know, we first get inter- introduced to Saul uh, in Acts chapter 7 and 8. At the stoning of, our, of the first church martyr. And Paul was there, uh, Saul was there and they laid their coats. The men that stoned Stephen laid their coats at Saul's feet. So that says a lot about him, how important he was. He was a very important religious man. But hallelujah, in Acts chapter 9, we hear about Saul's conversion. How he's thrown off his horse and the Lord makes him blind for a period of time. And I think about my own conversion. You know, I, I uh, heard the message, I stood to my feet, I received Christ. And all of a sudden I wasn't blind anymore. Religiosity was no longer part of my life. Now I became a a living, breathing, spiritual being, having a human experience. And it was the beginning of a journey that I'm still on. So Saul's conversion was a very powerful experience. It's really great reading. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures this morning. And I'm going to be looking at verses 22 through 30. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? 
I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concerns for the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not burn inwardly? If I must boast, I boast of the things that show my weakness. Wait a minute, Paul. You've been through all that and you're talking about a victorious life? Didn't we just read how you proclaim that Christ always triumphantly leads us into victory? And now you're talking about the beatings, the imprisonment, being shipwrecked. Who is this guy, Paul? And why does he, why does he, how does he find victory in a life of such toil? Let's continue. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up into paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that a man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weakness. Wow. Listen to this. And take a look at your own life, because that's what we're doing. We're looking at the life of Paul this morning and looking at our own Christian experience. Here is a man who talks about victory, victorious Christian living. But listen to his hardships. Listen to the trials and experiences that this man has had, this soldier for Christ. I mean, the guy has been down in the trenches And then he goes on to say, but I have received visions and revelations. I have ascended into the heavens and seen things and heard things that it's not even right for me to talk about. What an incredible man Paul was. And what an incredible incredible experiences that he had. But see, Paul had a different perspective on life. God help us. Help me, help you to have a different perspective on life. Because we get so caught up 
with our trials and our daily living that we tend to lose our focus and our perspective on the reality that's all around us. See, there is a greater reality than we could see or feel or touch or smell. There is right around us a company of angels. There is a company of angels that are in this room right now. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, Valerie, lives inside of you. The Spirit of God. When Doctor, when you walk into that hospital, when you visit with your patients and you do your administration, the Spirit of God dwells within you. Stand to your feet and step out into the aisle for just here. I want you to see something here. You see those feet? Wherever those feet go, the Spirit of God goes. You see these hands? Wherever these hands touch, the Spirit of God touches. You see this mouth? The Spirit of God speaks through this mouth. Do you see this mind? This, this, this mind, this brain, this intelligence, the Spirit of God is working through every neuron, Praise God. every axon, the dendrites, right? The science of the brain is amazing. Do you see these eyes? The Spirit of God is gazing. The Spirit of God dwells within us. Thank you. Hallelujah. Think about it for just a moment and help me find my glasses. Boy, oh boy. Thank you. The other day I was looking for my cell phone and I had it in my hand. Paul had a perspective that we need to have. There is a greater reality, church. Think about it. Monday morning. Don't you like to go to the office and everybody's grumpy and grouchy because it's Monday morning? I get to have, I have a job. I can make money. I'm healthy. That's a different perspective on a Monday morning, isn't it? Hallelujah. I'm getting off my subject here. Second Corinthians chapter 12. We're still talking about Paul. Look at verse 9 and 10 with me in chapter 12. Man, I want to preach, but I got to teach. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For I am weak, For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul, what are you saying here? You delight in hardships and persecutions? Because it's almost like finding gold in a gold mine. Sometimes you got to go through the fire to find it. I told you before, I had a heart attack three years ago at the tender age of 55. And... Uh, Wow, it literally changed my life for the better. I'm not glad that I had a heart attack and God certainly didn't give me one. The people over at that restaurant, 
that I'm always eating that terrible food. I'm thinking of hiring a lawyer. Paul found the gold hidden in, 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 in his trials. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Take that home with you, church. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. In great endurance. Hey, there's a word for the 2017. In great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distress, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, in understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons... Everybody raise your hand like this. With weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left. Through the glory, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine, yet regarded as an imposters, known, yet regarded as unknown, dying, and yet we live on, beaten and not killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing Everything. Wow. Thank you, Paul, for those words of encouragement. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. I am not saying this become because I am in need. I have learned to be content with whatever circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in, in, every, in every situation, whether fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. See, that is contentment and strength. Paul, in his hardships, realized that it is God who gives him strength. That's where his strength rests, in the power of God. See, here is Paul's formula to success. Take this home with you this morning. Paul knew who God is. He had a personal encounter with God. Can I ask you this morning, have you had a personal encounter with God? Raise your hand if you have had a personal encounter with God, with the living God. See, Paul knew who God is. But there's a second piece to this formula. Paul knew who he is in Christ. Paul like, uses the statement over and over again throughout his writings about being in Christ and through Christ. He knew his position in Christ. So as a soldier in the army of Christ, Paul knew his position. Now, if you served in the armed forces, would you please stand to your feet?
Those of you, if there's anyone in the room that served in the armed forces. First off, I want to say thank you for serving our country. That's a great hat. We love and appreciate you. See, Paul labored. He had sleepless nights. He was in danger. He was almost killed. He labored because he was a soldier. And he knew that it may cost him his life. And I'm sure that you two gentlemen have had that experience when you were in the military. When you went into the military, you didn't expect to have a bed of roses. You didn't know whether you were going to come home. You didn't know what you were going to face from day to day. That's what, that's the way Paul lived. But see, Paul had a perspective. And I, and you gentlemen, I am confident, had a perspective. Whether I live or whether I die. My country, right? Right. And so Paul had that perspective, whether I live or whether I die. If I live, to God be the glory. If I die, I gain Christ. What a perspective. Paul knew who he was and who God is. Can I, can I read to you Romans 8.28? Do you mind? Is that all right? I know these verses are familiar to you, um, but let's just visit them for just a moment here. Romans 8, 28. I'm going to read a little bit of this. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Man, I wish I could spend time on that verse this morning. For God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to be the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, he who, he, he who did not spare his own son. See, I'm just so excited. I want to preach, but I got to teach. He who did, not, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously, graciously give us all things? What? Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? Is it God? It is God who justifies. Who is it that condemns Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us who shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for you for your sake we face death all day long we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That is Paul's perspective on life. See, there is nothing that can come between us and our Father. Nothing. So, yes... Paul was willing to die. Yes, he sat in those prisons after being beaten. Yes, he was shipwrecked. He had terrible, terrible circumstances and trials in his life. 
But he knew who he was. And he knew who God is. And can I tell you this morning something you've heard over and over and over again in your life? I hope you have anyway. But can I tell you that we need to get a hold of this truth. Here it is right here. God loves you. Did you hear what I just said? God loves you. Let it sink in for just a moment. God loves you so much that he gave his son. Do you want to know how much God loves you? He gave his son. Do you want to know how much God loves you? He gave his son. That is what God thinks of you. That is what God thinks of you. That is what God thinks of us. Who are we? Who are we? Who are we? What kind of life should we be living? Paul, you're absolutely right. We are more than conquerors. How can you possibly be more than a conqueror? What is that about? You're talking about spiritual. That's a different spiritual realm. What about us? Who do we say God is? What about us? Who do we say we are? What do we, what do we believe about God? What do we believe about ourselves? Oh, take this home with you, church, this morning. Don't leave this place without this word. We are victorious. It is Christ working in us and through us. You are right, Paul. And now let's put the icing on the cake. Our last verse for today. I love chocolate cake. Anybody that knows me knows I love chocolate cake. I love chocolate cake with a scoop of strawberry ice cream. Rory, would you take me to lunch this week and buy me a piece of chocolate cake? And, and, and I want some strawberry ice cream on top of it. I love my brother Rory. He, he stands with me and he encourages me. All I have to do is look at Rory and I'm encouraged. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to say anything. Philippians chapter 1, 3-6. Uh, and I'm closing with this. I thank my God every time I remember you. 
in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, and here it is, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. See, church, God is always faithful. And God is always good. And God is always on our side. See, we walk in the blessing, the counsel, and the favor of God. We live, we move, we have our being in Him. When we go to the office on Monday morning, He is with us. When we lay our head on the pillow at night, He is with us. When we are down with the flu or cold or virus, He is with us. When we are being persecuted in places at work or wherever it is in life, whether we are encountering hardships and people come against us and they lie about us and they say things about us that are not true, They try to discredit us. They try to harm us. The enemy comes against us. God is always with us and He is always for us. See, He covers us from the rear, from the front, from the head to the feet. Christ living in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Father, today, Sunday morning, church, hallelujah. Thank you that we are gathered in this place in your presence, the true living God. You call us sons and daughters of God the Most High because that is who we are. We are filled with power from on high, full of glory. We are workmanship for your hands. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Where our feet go, you go with us. We have our marching orders to love you and to love our fellow man. That is the whole gospel, loving you and loving our fellow man. We are filled with the Holy Ghost, God living in us the hope of glory. Lord, we have been purchased. We have the song of the redeemed on our lips. We have been redeemed. We are free in Christ. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Greater are you who lives in us than he that is in the world. So today, Lord, with grateful hearts, we say thank you. We say thank you, Father, for all you've given us in Christ Jesus, our Savior. We say thank you, Jesus, for dying for our sins and giving us a new birth, a new hope, a new day. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for dwelling within us. Oh, someday, Lord, someday we are going to walk into those gates. We're going to walk through those gates and we're going to see you face to face in all of your glory. With Jesus escorting us into your presence where we will live and reign with you forever and ever. Father, we are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. We are loved and blessed by you. We say thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you don't leave us or forsake us. Everything we go through in life, you are with us and you are for us. We thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You love us, Lord. You love us. You love us. You love us, oh God. You love us with an eternal love. 
Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We have such an inheritance, church. We have such an inheritance. We're so blessed on this earth. But wait until you open your eyes in glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we'll place our crowns at his feet and say, thank you, Father. He who began a good work in us, he's going to complete it like he did for Paul. Paul got his head cut off. To live is Christ. To die is to gain. Amen. Thank you.